What I want to just share really quickly as we kind of make a really quick pit stop in our uh, journey through the Gospel of John is I want to speak into stepping into the reality that each one of you were made for. So I'm going to read this uh, short account uh, from John chapter 5. It will come up on the screen behind me here. And um, I'm just going to share one thought. So um, John 5, 1 to 9, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there was in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One man who who had been there for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Strange question. Sir, the man replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred while I'm trying to get in. Someone else gets ahead of me. There was a superstition at the time that when the waters moved, that that's when the healings happened. And then Jesus replied saying this, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. This is the word of the Lord. John's writing, this gospel uh, that we are going through at the moment, John's writing is full of these little signposts and clues. He wants to kind of give these little kind of signals to what was happening to help enrich and kind of bring the story to life for those who are hearing it. And we're told in this account that there were many, many people who were suffering and longing for transformation and healing by the pool, but we are only told about one conversation, presumably he had more, but we only told about one conversation that Jesus had, this encounter with this man who had been suffering for 38 years. What is it that Jesus sees in this disabled man? What is it that he is drawing out in this encounter and why would it impact us today? Well, uh, In their society, in the time, those with physical difference or disability were seen as people who had been cursed, like they were living under some spell or curse, or or even they were living under the like generational sin of ancestors that like your great grandfather made some terrible decision and now this is the consequence. And so as a result, they were treated as like second or even third, just like uh, not, not given value, not given worth or dignity third-classed citizens overlooked and ignored. And it's important to say that although we've made progress since then as a society, if those in this room today who are physically disabled have ever been made to feel less than, less human, less worthy, less valuable, I want you to know that is not how God sees you. God sees all of your beauty, all of your power, all of your potential as a child made in his image. 
And I can say that confidently because of how Jesus responds to this man. One of the reasons why Jesus uses this specific phrase of all the other things that he could have said in the Greek at this point, he says, get up, take your mat. So I'm going to explain that word in a moment, but this is more than about just simply a physical healing for this man. It is explicitly linked to the conversation that we spoke about last week in John chapter 4 as the woman at the well. He is making this explicit link back to this other kind of living water that people were deeply searching for. This water that soothes and heals mind, body, spirit, and soul with the living presence of heaven bubbling up within you and then into the world around you. And so as a specific reference back to that encounter, John uses this word, get up, with, um, uh, in Greek is not particularly relevant for you, but I'm going to tell you anyway, ergo. Um, and it's going to come from the here just to be like, we know the Bible. Um, uh, what that word means, it means to arise, to be made like new, or I think for us maybe today, to be reawakened back into its original and intended purpose. This is not um, life 2.0, but this is life as it was always intended in the garden. Communion with God, bearing his image, walking in freedom. And this same word throughout the New Testament is the same word that is used for the resurrection. This life after death. And Jesus speaks into this man's life, into 38 years of pain, 38 years of rejection, of being othered, of being disappointed, being overlooked, and he says, arise, be restored into the man of God that you have always been. Rediscover, be awakened into your worth, holy, completely new life, life beyond death, the life of Eden bursting from within you into the world around you. My son, my friend, arise. About eight years ago, in the UK, there was a small gathering of agriculturists, bioscientists, botanists, and Jedis. One of those groups couldn't make it, but the meeting went ahead <laughs> anyway. And um, this group were uh, gathered because they were deeply concerned by the drastic and staggering loss of wildlife and natural habitats in Britain over the last 40 years. And uh, they needed something that would somehow like turn back time to restore the land back into its rich and strong roots. And so rewilding in the UK was born. The basic premise, like the approach of rewilding when it comes to like gardening and farming, is to let the land recover and be restored back into its original nature and state. It's like let the land be reawakened and arise back into what it was created to do. And this approach to farming and land ownership and is now gaining popularity and momentum because as they rewild, they're discovering many species of animals and plants and insects, insects that they thought were extinct or have been recovered or even been discovered as the land is able to be what it was always created to be, an environment for life and flourishing and wholeness. 
And I believe that this is a picture for us today. It's a picture for those who are taking the leap of faith uh, later today, but it's a picture for our community, our church. I believe it's a picture for your life. You see, in, in baptism, as you arise out of the water, you are recovering a life that you were always created to live to live, as these guys have said, as children of God, loved, known, chosen by him. You know, as that man like, arose from beside that pool, he was, he was recovering and rediscovering everything that had been lost and kept hidden over those 38 years. And as you arise to the call of Jesus on your life, as you respond to his invitation of transformation and grace and renewal, you are entering into the life of Eden, the life of God within you, the life that you were always created to live, a life of flourishing and vitality and health and freedom. And so let me ask you this morning, do you need rewilding? Has some of your passion for life grown dull? Do you feel emotionally numb? Are you like here but not really here? Are you stuck in that same loop? You can't kick yourself out of that bad habit. Are you sleepwalking through life? Sometimes many of us, I've speak to so many people and I feel it myself as well. Does it feel like your mind is just foggy? Are you struggling to hear the voice of God and direction, but you can't seem to find that breakthrough? And maybe it hasn't been 38 years, but you are wrestling with the real pain of unanswered prayers, or are you just simply exhausted? Or hear the words of Jesus afresh again today as he reaches out his hand to you finding you wherever you are, in your circumstance, in your family, in your relationships. As he reaches out his hand and he says, arise, pick up your mat, come follow me. Be reawakened into the life that you were always created to live. You see, I believe that you need rewilding to rediscover a flame of passion for life, to reclaim vitality, health, flourishing, to immerse yourself back into the life you were always created to live, to dive into the way of Jesus, the only place that you will ever discover who you are truly meant to be, renewed, restored into your original identity as a child of God, to rediscover that childlike wonder and awe for life and so there is a moment if you want it there is a moment an encounter with Jesus if you want to step into it for you today you see as we hear these moving stories that we've heard of transformation of life of overcoming the testimony of God's grace at work in our friends' lives. You see, let that stirring of faith that you felt as you listen to the power of those stories, let that stirring, let that spirit rise within you. 
Don't be afraid or quick to subdue, but let that bubble and lead you into a wild wonder. To open yourself up to the power of God's life infused with your life, to love generously, to create courageously and to commit wholeheartedly and maybe even return to risky living. So as I land, I think that each of you are in different stages today. This is a journey, a pilgrimage of becoming, and so naturally we'll be on different stages. And so for some of you, it might be that you're feeling a stirring, and actually for you, you want to connect and be committed to Jesus. You know, you've heard these stories and something is rising in you and you yourself may even want to get baptised and we would love to talk to you about that or take that step to start to follow Jesus. For some, you've known Jesus for a little while and you know you actually need rewilding. You've become numb. You're here, but you're absent. You need a fresh start. You need to rediscover that first love that place of excitement and passion. And you know, God specializes in restarts. He specializes in new life. He specializes in resurrection, life beyond death. And for others, maybe for you, you're carrying pain, carrying frustration and anger and real disappointment. And maybe for you this morning, you need a renewing of your heart a renewing of your mind, your body, your soul. As you allow the Spirit to renew you and transform you inside out. And so as you respond and step into God's good grace, know that this is not a journey taken by yourself. You know, what these guys are doing, they're making a public declaration of this new life found, but they are also entering into our family. We are celebrating more of the prodigals returning home. And this is what gives me hope for our vision to play our part in the renewal of this city as mornings like this one, as we hear stories that we've heard and we're reminded of our own and we look around and we see that God is on the move. God is doing things in people's lives and he's doing things in my neighbor's life and maybe, just maybe, he might be able to do some things in my life. Awaken to the reality that you were always created for. Child of God, living free, loving, joyful, peaceful. All you need for that to happen. All you need for that new life is one word from Jesus. One word from the lips of Jesus. Arise. So my prayer for us is this. Jesus, come and have your way. Would you rewild us, renew us, wash us and fill us with your living water that we might live full lives of courageous joy, love and peace. And so Holy Spirit, life energizing force of God, Holy Spirit, would you come and awaken us, remind us of our first love that we might arise to all that you are calling us into in the name of Jesus, amen.